Hey everyone, welcome to the Slice of Healthcare podcast. I'm your host, Jared Taylor. Joining me today is the CEO of Adjacent Health, Karen Deli. How are you? T- Good. Good morning. Nice to meet you. Did you hear that? I like swallowed my tongue when I said, how are you? Um, <laughs> Give me a chance, I'll match you. <laughs> it's this 40 ounces of coffee I have right here. It's just making me talk, you know, very fast, but I'm trying to slow it down for this episode. I'm so excited to chat with you here today, uh, Karen. Uh, let's dive right in. Tell the audience a little bit about you. Absolutely. Um, And I'm excited too. I just didn't have as much coffee, so I may not talk as fast. Um, I actually have spent my entire career, um, greater than a quarter century, focused in clinical healthcare operations, um, really looking at ways to enable care for anyone, anywhere, at any time, with a focus on trying to optimize physician workflow and process. So, and different than I think a lot of when you hear that, you think about productivity and money. In my case, I'm really focused on um, sustainable quality care delivery and physician satisfaction, which in my belief then equals productivity. So how I've done that, which I think is what's a little bit of unique, uh, unique about me, is through telehealth, but for over 25 years. So I started in the space when my primary tools were in Marsat radio and faxing. Um, so we've come a long way since then. Um, And along the way, I've just been incredibly fortunate to be able to take my passion for clinical operations and combine that with a curiosity in technology and innovation and really be at the forefront of developing and implementing telehealth solutions. So for me, adjacent health is really the culmination of a career spent in a space that's now very popular that once we had to defend it um, when I started. And I just think you're your story too about how adjacent kind of carves out of teledoc is so interesting talk us through more about why that came to be and i guess how how collaborative that relationship is still today and and why maybe it's even better yeah absolutely so we were started my division which we provide uh, physician services in the hospital setting so primarily neurological care but also critical care and some other things um we first did that under the in touch health umbrella which is you know teladoc acquired in touch um and that opportunity between in touch and teladoc really gave me the chance to take years of workflow development and combine it with the best technology in the world um, around telehealth and build what I think are the best solutions, sustainable, high quality, reliable, and importantly, our physicians really enjoy working with us. Um, Inside the Teladoc organization, our work was just a little bit different. Uh, Clearly we're telehealth, we're patient focused, but they were direct to patient is their primary business. We were focused in the hospital environment. And we came to a decision together that if we were separated, we might be able to grow more quickly because we'd be able to get more resources focused specifically on our needs. And so it was definitely a mutual decision. Um, Teladoc and we are still partners. They are still part of the business as owners. Um, And we've had just we've separated in January and our success just in the 10 months has been phenomenal. Um, It's just been a a tremendous partnership. And we feel really fortunate to continue to have our business dedicated to that platform. I guess talk talk the audience through. I I might have skipped a step a little bit, too. because I'm so excited to do this. Um, talk us through, you know, why you view Adjacent Health kind of being at the forefront of that hospital budget, staff and crisis, like what these virtual care solutions are doing and and how 
you're you're utilizing your background every day to you know continue building something special here. Yeah, and I think you know pre-COVID, right? Uh, you know, stroke telestroke care was one of the first uh, um, specialties that was adopted, accepted, became a standard of care through the American Heart Association. So there's you know a lot of uh, evidence to support our primary business. What I think again makes us special and puts us at the, as a, makes us a leader is the team. Um, we had the opportunity to come together under that InTouch Teladoc umbrella as a group of people who had been working in telehealth and specifically in telestroke in different environments, we pulled an incredible team together. And just as important as leveraging our successes, I think we were each able to leverage our failures. When you're first in a space, you make all the mistakes. And to have an opportunity to do that over with a partner like Teladoc and build kind of the ultimate solution. We had all the expertise on physicians and operations and then the best technology partner. Um, I just think we positioned ourselves for complete success. And it's, you know, a lot of companies have uh, temporary success, I'll call it. But in telehealth, there's things that happen as you scale. And you know, from your background, Jared, a lot of it has to do with that credentialing and licensing and all of that as, you know, it, it becomes overwhelming. And I think finding solutions that are scalable is critical. And that's, I think, what our secret sauce is. I call these, those type of problems, the uh, banging your head on a desk problem, because that's how they first come about right once you're willing to hit your head off the table you know it's a it's an annoying problem that that will have to be solved um and it's tough to fully solve some of these things right like you mentioned credentialing it, we worked on it we were able to get it to a you know a decent point but whenever you also have to to get the government and all these multiple parties involved you can only do so much with it is is what we found now you you've obviously uh, had a, had a long career in virtual neurology, as you've said. I'm curious about, you know, over the course of that career, what's changed? What are some of the interesting thing, you know, innovations that that you're looking at? And my favorite question to ask any guest: Where are we going? Where are we heading? What's the future look like? So. Paint us a That's picture. a loaded question. That's um, a loaded so, question. It is. There's there's a lot, right? So I mean, I think just if you look at clinically, a lot has changed. Um, when we first started doing telestroke, it was all about you know at the time TPA delivery. Um, now there's so many more therapies available. Um, you know that identifying the right patients for the right therapy in the minimal amount of time, and so I think what we continue to you know innovate on is how do we make that process more efficient? How do we get better? at identifying those patients and getting them to the right places in the right amount of time. So that's on the, the clinical side. I think, you know, lots of literature and, and conversation around that. Um, I, the technology continues to evolve. There's no question about that. Um, and I think for companies like ourselves, uh, what is interesting is that hospitals now have so many more choices about the platforms that they use. How do we as a company that has many customers with many technology platforms, how do we make it work for our physicians so they're not dealing with 20, 30 different platforms? So I think that you know, the technology continues to evolve. I think the other thing, though, what two other big areas, one is just the, the people. Um, the physicians. And it's changed so much just since COVID. There's so much more focus on work-life balance. I'm, you know, when I started, it was just understood that you work 24 hours a day and you didn't have your holidays and you didn't have your weekends. And now, you know, physicians are really trying to find a balance. And so it's being creative about how, the models by which we pay physicians and incent them. 
Um, and then I think the other thing that we just touched on is the whole credentialing licensing area. And again, since COVID, so much has changed. It used to be all the challenges around licensing and credentialing at the hospital, but now as things are freeing up and there's more money and reimbursement available, now we have to incorporate payer credentialing and all of that. And so uh, that continues to be behind <laughs> as government is um, and continues to certainly be a challenge. Um, so all that said, where's it going? I think medicine's gonna continue to evolve. And so ensuring that we are always ahead one step of where the clinical piece is going so that we can pace and match our workflow and process so that we can be as efficient as possible as new medicine, new therapies, new opportunities are present for patients. Do you think gone are the days where these hospitals would kind of engage in all these different multiple pilots with all these early stage companies? Like, do you think they've become more picky and they need to see more well-built solutions backed by, you know, obviously you, you can't, you were carved out of Teladoc. Like, do you think that is mattering more than working with early stage companies as well? I, there's a couple of answers there. I do think that hospitals increasingly are looking to simplify and not have to have many contracts. Um, and I think, you know, so there's a lot of trends out in the marketplace where companies are trying to do everything. I don't think that's necessarily an answer because I don't think if you're good at you know, neurology, you're necessarily good at something else. I mean, I think you can do too much and not be good at anything is a risk. Um, so finding creative ways for companies to work together and maybe have single contracting solutions for hospitals. The other thing that I'm personally very passionate about is just the quality associated with telemedicine. And pre-COVID, you know, there weren't a whole lot of standards. And so during COVID, you kind of saw this, you know, the crazy boom of all kinds of telehealth. Telehealth isn't for every scenario, every time. And I think, you know, um, really honing in on what is quality telehealth and where is it appropriate to use it and how to use it, how to control it, how to measure, manage it. I think those things are going to continue to be really talking points and for hospitals important as they evaluate. They have choices now. They didn't have choices before. So um, I think that's a, a really important dialogue and I hope that we can keep adjacent at the forefront of that. But like I told you, I started focused on quality and that absolutely is for us the most important thing. I love it. And what what excites you? I'm sure there's a lot about what excites you about what's next for adjacent. But uh, if you had to only pick a few things, what excites you about what's next? Just that there is a what's next, right? Like I said, you know, I've worked in, I've had just a tremendous career and I've met a lot of great people and have, you know, had the opportunity to work with some terrific companies. And now I have my own team and we get to kind of pick our destiny. And I really feel like I have the dream team. Everybody left um, Teladoc that was on my team, stayed with our team, all doctors, all employees, all customers, which I think just tells you a lot about our organization. Um, we're all pulling in the same direction and we're just so excited about what we can accomplish, um, you know, again, with patient first, quality first, always at the forefront for us. I love it. Uh, well, Karen, I, I hope we can have you come back on again real soon and we can dive into some more topics, but really appreciate you sharing the adjacent health story with us today, kind of how that carve out process worked and, and why it made sense. And also just painting us a picture for, for what's next and what the future holds. Well, we thank you for having us and um, we look forward to talking to you again. Thank <laughs> you.